It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome into Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I'm Scott Perrier. Appreciate you listening and very proud to announce that we have a sponsor. Our thanks to Fast Break Sports, which is the largest selection of cards and supplies in Southwest Missouri, for jumping on board and being our ATO Sports Scene sponsor. Thank you, Fast Break Sports. It's a great move on your part because I will probably spend whatever you're spending on cards and, and increasing my collection uh, weekly or monthly at Fast Break. Uh, bought a bunch of cards for uh, our new grandson, Jordan Walker, Cardinal Cards. Uh, stocked up on those, hoping he turns out to be what we saw in Springfield and and um, be, go on to become a legend and maybe uh, have some good investment property there. So big thanks to uh, Fast Break Sports for their sponsorship of Around the Ozark Sports Team. We start off each time with our look, look ahead to what's uh, coming up this week in the world of sports locally, regionally, and nationally. We start out with the Lady Bears are on fire. They sit at 12-4 and four overall. They're 6-1 and one in the Valley, and they are a perfect 10-0 and 0 at home at Great Southern Bank Arena. They'll hit the road this weekend for big games. Uh, they go to Belmont on Friday. Belmont's 13-5. and five. And then a very solid Murray State on Sunday. So a big week for uh, Coach Beth Cunningham's Lady Bears as they hit the road and try to keep that hot streak going. Good to see that they're getting uh, production now uh, out of freshman Cayman Beckemeyer from Republic. She's going to be a star over there, and she's kind of getting her feet underneath her. She had her first double-figure game, so a shout-out to Cayman there. And also Lacey Stokes, the, the local kid from Mount Vernon, who's really been a a big boost for that program this year coming in after transferring from Missouri Southern. If the Lady Bears on fire, it's pretty much been a dumpster fire with the Bears here of late. They're 10-9 and overall. They'll take a 2-6 and Valley record into a Wednesday night home game with uh, the league's best team, Drake. They visit Valparaiso on Saturday. Um, things have not looked great for uh, Coach Dana Ford's Bears, Bears there. We'll touch on that a little bit later as well, but uh, – they need to kind of find a little spark here if they're going to get it going for the month of February in the uh, the postseason tournament push there. Finally, the Chiefs are back in the AFC Championship game for a sixth straight year. They've got a tall task ahead this Sunday when they take on the uh, Baltimore Ravens, that great uh, Baltimore defense and quarterback Lamar Jackson uh, Sunday afternoon in the AFC title game in Baltimore. Another road trip for the uh, Chiefs. They got it done in Buffalo on uh, Sunday uh, big uh, finish there, and, and defensive stands late that uh, sent the Chiefs on back to the AFC title game. Uh, will be a tough task in Baltimore, but again, the Chiefs have a guy named Mahomes playing quarterback, so never would bet against that. Should be a dandy. In the NFC title game, it's Detroit versus San Francisco. Uh, right after the Chiefs uh, take on the Ravens, that should also be a, a very entertaining matchup. Don't count out the Lions. It would not be a stunner if the two road teams emerge victorious this week. Our special guest today on Around the Ozark Sports Scene is Drury Baseball head coach Scott Nasby. He's in his 12th season as the uh, boss of the Panthers baseball program, and among his many accomplishments to this uh, point has led the Panthers to five NCAA tournaments and a couple of Great Lakes Valley Conference championships. But to me, the most important accomplishment may be what he's done this offseason restoring uh, Metter Park to playing capabilities and the, the return of the Drury Baseball Program to Metter for this coming spring season. Scott, thanks for joining me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. You know, it, it's not enough in today's world where you've got to go uh, replace players, find players, 
hope that NIL deals haven't filtered down. Uh, do all that, schedule teams, uh, get uniforms, and then you got to go build your own foot, uh, baseball field. Uh, it's been a pretty busy year for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little more than a year with this process going on, but it's been something that you know the the, the program has talked about for for years, and the city's talked about for years, and uh, you know decided uh, to go ahead and go for it and see if we could get there, and uh, and, and we're about done to. Uh, with this first phase of it, so we're really excited to get that uh, up and running here in, uh, in about eight eight to ten more days of good weather. Good deal. And, and it's Mark Worley Field at Metter Park, correct? Yep, Mark Worley Field at Metter Park. The whole complex is still Metter, but uh, for the next ten years at least, will be Mark Worley Field, courtesy of our um, uh, of our lead gift from uh, from Brian Majors. And artificial turf uh, throughout. Um, tell us about some of the other improvements to to your new your new Metter Park. Yeah, so it's full turf, and then it's AstroTurf. So AstroTurf is pretty much the highest quality turf you can get. Um, and then we upgraded the infield as well uh, to even a higher quality one that they have so it lasts a little bit longer. You know, the life on the turf is – it's got an eight-year warranty, but there's going to be plenty of spots that will wear out. And, um, you know, the, the, the batter's boxes will replace probably two, three times a year. The mound will break down a little bit. Um, but the, the extra density turf in the infield should buy us a little bit more time, and we wanted to make sure we definitely didn't skimp on – uh, the quality of turf that we got. Um, new outfield fence by Carnahan White. They did a great job with that. It's a, it's a metal fence all the way around. It's 12 foot all the way around, so it's what the center field batter's eye used to be, but um, the only spot it's a little bit lower is the scoreboard because we didn't replace that, so it's a little 8-foot cutout uh, so the scoreboard can still be seen from everywhere. Uh, new foul poles. Um, we tore down the benches. The, the team built new benches in the dugouts. We have new bat racks. Uh, we transformed our container that houses the matter, the, the mower that we no longer need and the bunker rake we don't need into like a pitcher's clubhouse with two overhead doors and some lights in there and it'll be some weights. So um, we're going to have a camera system. It's a six camera system that uh, is kind of an AI run system that anyone can access any of the six cameras from anywhere in the country. And uh, if you want to watch your son play first base and not watch any rest of the game, you could just watch the first base camera the entire time. What about lights? Uh, new lights, too, I assume? Nope. Nope. Lights are the same. Lights still work. Um, to get new lights was $587,000. So um, that was not on the list of the most important things to get done. Um, we would still like to do the stands. That's kind of the next phase that we have in terms of asking donors and, and raising funds is we'd like to pretty much gut the stands, um, leave the press box for now, but go full concrete and then build up some stands and so that's kind of the next thing we'll get moving once we once we get done with all this. But we still have a, a little bit of work on the field and then a little bit more work at what we call Lake Matter, that if you drive by today, Lake Matter, I've been told, is, is in full effect today. <laughs> well, so, so you know, the, the main goal was to get this playable and, and ready to go for spring of 24 now. Uh, so there are phases, and there, there's plenty of things you still want to do uh, in conjunction with the park board to, to make it a, you know, the, the best facility in town. Yeah, we would like to, you know, we'd like to host big events, and, and, and this summer we've got we've got quite a few. We haven't really released all those things yet, but we're going to have some high school games there that we're letting teams play and, uh, you know, show off the facility. I think we have five different tournaments coming uh, throughout the, the year. We're going to have some 11 new tournaments because my son's 11, so we're going to bring some teams in so we don't have to travel around the country to play. Um, we're going to host an MLB pitch hit and run on uh, June 20th, I believe the date is. We'll put more information out about that, but we're excited to do that and be the area 
representative for the MLB pitch hit and run. Um, and then gives us a chance to, to be the best division two park in the region, you know, um, where we recruit against and are compared against, uh, you know, other, other programs in the region that have all turf and, uh, have a field on campus. Uh, and, and we obviously couldn't fit a field on campus. Although I have walked it off numerous times that if we take some parking lots and, and buildings out, we can, but, um, <laughs> they're not all for that at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've had a great relationship with with the U.S. Ballpark now, Sky Bacon Stadium, and and the move down there. Um, talk, talk about how maybe this changes things in terms of recruiting, the type of team you'll field going back to Metter, which you know, in the when Metter was the home for Drury when it fired back up in two thousand seven, it was definitely a, a a hitter's park and and a little harder to recruit pitchers uh, to the program back in that day for Coach Hag and, and Stratton. But how will things change now? Will it change your philosophy and your recruiting approach? Yeah, you know, things have been great down there. I and mean, we, we had eight years down there, and, and, and obviously there's a lot of activity down there. Um, but to be able to have an altar field at minimal cost um, and, and a great stand area and concessions for our fans, and that's all great. You know, uh, the, the biggest thing for us was – we would like our own park to uh, for our guys to have a, a consistent home where we know we can get on there whenever we want, uh, all hours of the day, uh, 365 days. Um, the university uh, would like to have a revenue-generating uh, field, and that allows us to, to do this. Um, it allows us to host things in the summertime. Uh, and then it, it gives our guys a place that they know is, is the home of, of jury baseball going forward. And um one of the things in recruiting is we would take kids out to U.S. Ballpark, which is well, which is a great place once you get there, but you kind of finish your visit with a 20-minute trip down to Ozark away from campus. Um, and, and although we don't do that trip all the time, because we would still use Metter in the past when it was grass and use our indoor facilities, which are great, it was just kind of always a little bit of a letdown to know that, well, we just left campus for 20 minutes, let's head on back and eat lunch, and, and, and parents and families start to think, and we got to jump on the highway all the time to do this every day for practice. That's quite a bit of travel. So it definitely has cost us some recruits. Can't tell you how many times that I appreciated Metter Park in my time at Drury as the SID when uh, I could run from there back to my office at Drury between games and pick something up I'd forgotten. You know, that was uh, very convenient too. But, I mean, just location by the mall, plenty of restaurant options there. Um, I, I know that, that you're a, a big thinker and big picture. I, I'm sure you've got some uh, some food opportunities uh, that'll be new too coming out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you go in the concession stand right now, it is not ready for uh, for the 16th. But we're working on that. Um, we've got a blackstone that my dad has said he's going to come out and grill for us. So we'll try to find some some people to be on the grill. Um, our goal is to try to have a food truck out there for every doubleheader day this year. So I'm starting to work on that and. Um, trying to get more food options, um, be open to having people bring food into the park. We, we want it to be a place where, where you're driving by, you're driving down Sunset, you've got 45 minutes free, and you see a game going on, and, 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 and you jump into the park and catch some innings, you know, and that's not something we've been able to do the last couple of years. And, um, you know, uh, just want to build the game and, and bring people back to, to the, really the first baseball stadium in town. I think maybe Nichols was before Matter, uh, and maybe even Silver Springs, but, you know, I think in uh, – uh, early 60s was when games started happening at, at, at Matter and to have nothing on it really the last seven years that's something we wanted to change and we want to grow the game from the middle I know Springfield's a basketball town but you know having an all-turf field now right in the middle of town uh, 
hopefully can uh, work our way back to being a baseball town. And you mentioned uh, catch a couple innings if you got 45 minutes. You might be able to pitch a couple innings depending on which way the wind's blowing, too, if you've got some arm left, right? If you show up on a midweek game in April, we're going to need some pitching. So just <laughs> enter in the left field gate, as always, and just hang out down there with our pitchers. Yeah, I'll never forget, you know, and it very rarely happened, but I remember when Coach Stratton got tossed one time and he was able to go down and sit in the shed and watch. Is that still a possibility, or will it be a little nicer shed now? Well, the, that current shed is sitting in the parking lot, and we are actually trying to figure out how we're going to get it back into the place because <laughs> most of the gates are closed up and we don't have it back in. Um, we are getting a new gator. Um, there was a, a, a gentleman who I believe is now in jail who had broken into that building and was living there for a little while. So um, we need to get that place cleared out. Uh, there's still a lot to do. I, I sent a list to our staff, you know, pages deep of what we need to do of you know, we got to put new pads on the dugout, and uh, we need to make sure we paint up the green wall for the foul pole and the foul pole to get set up and get the new UTV. And the pitch clocks need to get installed here next week. And, you know, uh, making sure uh, trash cans uh, are out. You know, j- just things that, you know, you haven't had to do the last few years because we haven't had fans in the stands. So, um, you know, first home game is February 16th, and then big dedication on march 2nd that's really the the calendar day we're trying to push to uh to have everyone out there and by the way you need to get a baseball team ready to play in mid-february too right among all these other things yeah we got practice so we got practice and games so uh, there's some d2 teams that open up this weekend uh we don't play until till the 16th so we still have a few weeks to go uh thankfully since the field's not ready um but yeah, you know, uh, we return most of our offense. Uh, we return uh, a, a really good group of pitchers, and then we're very young beyond that. So we need some young pitchers to step up and um, have some competition for some spots for sure, uh, offensively and defensively. So the, the next three weeks would be big for us to, yeah, the, the, the focus has been better in fundraising for me and, 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 and has really taken away from the amount of coaching I've been able to do the last year and a half. And so now that we've got this done, I'm excited to devote more time back into what, what I really love doing, you know, well, coaching and, and not fundraising. You've done an amazing job of getting this thing up and, and ready to go. And, and, you know, it's no secret times are tough for colleges across the country. Budgets are being cut. Sports are being cut. Um, talk talk about how this dream came to fruition. How many years ago was it in the making, and, and what was the initial step that you were able to convince, um, you know, your administration and – and folks that hey we can do this yeah you know i i think it's it, it started really way back when when i started being a ga my dad's in fundraising and so uh you know he, he worked at a bunch of nonprofits. so when he would tell me he was going on trips to ask people for money for the higher-ups the walmarts and um uh and everyone around town and say see if they got any extra money the turf met her and so it was just kind of a running joke around the program for years you know um and then, and then when you started seeing more and more fields pop up with turf, you know, it, it, it was something that, that was probably inevitable that uh, we have a field already sitting here. The parks wants us to take care of it and have games here that give us an opportunity to find money. So at, at the time, was able to convince uh, President Cloyd and, and Corey Bray that, that I would like to pursue, you know, fundraising. And uh, the parks was not in a position to, uh, to raise those funds at that time. So we started, uh, uh, Marie Mulvick and I, uh, asking asking for large gifts and got shot down a lot and as strat would said i got turned down more than a bedspread and uh <laughs> you know had a lot of meetings where had good good positive vibes and then nothing came of it but then 
um, had a handful of donors that, that stepped up in a big way. Scott Jacobs being one of those first donors that said they were on board and, um, and then Brian Majors uh, pulled the trigger um, a few days before our deadline. Um, had an anonymous donor um, make a very generous donation, and he helps out uh, with, with a ton of things in town and never wants uh, his name attached to it. Um, and uh, and then John Cooper with Harry Cooper has been one of one, one of our best donors uh, just because he, he helped us with a lot of in-kind stuff. So, um uh, that that went a long way, you know. And then, uh, you know, families that have current kids and former kids and alumni and uh, current big leaguers who are alums have given and, and, and people who have no affiliation with the program that just want to see this part come back to, you know, I, I went and watched my grandfather play games there when I was a kid or, you know, I played baseball there when I was a kid. Um, and then even going down to the advertising we have, we have advertising all over the outfield wall with Will Fisher and Ally HVAC and, I think we have 17 advertisers out there on the outfield wall that we're going to put up this week. So that green wall becomes fully advertised by the end of the week. Great stuff. And, again, the, the first game at the new uh, Matter Park, the refurbished Matter Park, February 16th uh, through the 18th, Missouri Westerns, and that's a Friday through Sunday. Am I correct? Was it Missouri Western back in 2007 for the first one or not? No, Truman State was that first game. That's right. Played, that's um, But I think we played – I, we played Mo West, I think, the second the second series there. Is that going to be kind of kind of special for you? I mean, you were an assistant when it opened up uh, for college baseball the first time in 07 for D two baseball, and now again this time. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be great. You know, a lot of our alums are, are, are wanting to come down and, and, and reaching out, and uh, you know, I think we'll have a. You know, a, a lot of people who came to the games back in the past that maybe the little trip on the highway pre- prevented them from coming the last couple of years. But, um, you know, to have camps and to have games out there and to put the lights on when we need to and play some JV games out there, you know, it's going to be um, it's going to be a fun time. That's for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about the baseball. You, you touched on it a second ago, but you, you've got a, a majority of your guys back from a, a team that won 30 games last year, went 19 and six at home. At Sky Bacon Stadium down there, but uh, one thing I look at it is, and knowing you going back to '07, how has the GLVC makeup changed in baseball? Yeah, I mean, I know Quincy's still there as a big rivalry, but you know, it used to be Southern Indiana and Bellarmine and, and teams like that that have gone out to to try the the D1 level. Uh, what is the league like now for for the Panthers in '24? Yeah, we we. I kind of make a joke that the, the GOVC is kind of the OVC East, that if you win in the GOVC, you kind of just automatically get placed in the OVC. <laughs> so it's changed, you know. Like uh, If you come out to matter, we have from 2007, I guess 2006, Mike Choke put all the bricks up of all the teams that are in the league and their names, and they're all up there still. So you have SIUE, you have St. Joe College, which which closed down. Uh, you have Bellarmine, you have Southern Indiana, um Someone else is in there too. Northern Kentucky, uh, were they on there? Yeah, yeah. Northern Kentucky was in there, but you know now you have Illinois Springfield, who has been one of the best teams in the league for a while. Uh, Indy made the World Series last year. Uh, Maryville jumped from D three to us, and they they've been competitive. Uh, we've added uh, William Jewell, Truman State. We added Upper Iowa. Unfortunately, this year that we got to make some eight hour northern trips into the snow in March. But um, <laughs> you know we got fourteen, fifteen teams in the league. 14 teams this year and then Lincoln is going to join us next year they're going to add baseball so um, 
there's a little bit of disparity in the league just in terms of who has scholarships and who doesn't and what the facilities look like. And hopefully with our facilities, we're, we're a little bit more in the, in the haves instead of the have-nots. And again, 12 years, or entering your 12th year as a head coach and, and a different world now in, in NCAA sports across the board. Uh, how has the transfer portal benefited or, or not benefited you? Have you had any NIL dealings that people ask about? It kind of give us the state of the union for Division Two baseball at Dury right now in those regards. Yeah, we we've always done pretty well with transfers. Um, you know, we we probably get more four year transfers than we do junior college kids, just because um, sometimes the the financial or the academic um, you know things that come along with Dury are, are a little bit too much for junior college kids, but. Um, what it's done is just just made the the information more accessible to others. You know, if you have good relationships among coaches in your region, you'll find out about who's transferring and when. Now all you have to do is pull up the app, and you can kind of see who's in there and get their contact information. So ultimately, we're competing with more people than than we used to for transfers, which is good for the kids and good for the programs, I guess. Um, uh, you know, we we haven't really lost many of our kids to. Hey, I'm going to leave and go try to find something better. You know, we we had a couple kids uh, uh, with their COVID year go play a couple different spots because we didn't have their their graduate program or couldn't do a scholarship with a with a grad program. Um, and Aaron Mann went out to Saint Saint John's and was a Big East All Player of the Year. And uh, Stephen Randazzo went up to Maryville and, and, and ended up playing there because they had his uh, his degree. So um, I. I'm for it. You know, I, I, I want the kids to, to make sure they make good decisions out of high school, and sometimes that doesn't happen uh, for whatever reason it may be. Um, but that's why we never try to rush guys into decisions here. You know, if we have a kid visit, we want to make sure that they're making a commitment for four years, not for two, not for one, not for only if I start. We want to pick Drury because it's a, it's a great academic school. It's in a great town. They love the facilities. They love the small classes. They can financially afford it. Um and they understand that they're they're getting into a program that's starting to become established and have uh, uh, big roots w- w- with their alumni. And now we have great facilities. One thing I've always loved about Drury and and Keith does the same thing down the road, but you'll always see local kids on the roster. And I know it may mean they go somewhere else, and you bring them back as as transfers. But you know, I look down your roster now, and you got a a Shafitzel from Hillcrest and a Burke from Galena and a Harrington from Republic and. McKinnis from Kickapoo, uh, Kaiser from Willer, a couple of Glendales there with Elmer and Carter Lewis. That's always going to be your bread and butter, and it is find the local kids whether they start with you or whether they go away and come back. Yeah, I mean, kids want to play in front of their families, and their families want to watch their kids play, and, and it's easier to do that if you're within a couple hours or a few minutes of playing. So, you know, if there's enough talent in town, which there definitely is, um, we would love to keep those kids local. You know, it 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 has to be a good fit on, on all aspects, you know, academically, athletically, financially, it needs to be a good fit. And, you know, some kids want to get away and, and, and go away for college and I, I can't change where Drury is. So that's, that's one thing, but you know, if the kid wants to uh, allow their families uh, the, the ease of being able to see games and, and, and play locally, it's one of the reasons why Luke Burke decided to come back is, you know, he went to Neo show, had a great year there. Uh, two years there, went to Auburn, and then he got eight at-bats at Auburn. And You know, his dad and, and, and grandpa and great-uncle are jumping in the car every weekend watching watching games but not getting to see him play. And, you know, he said, I, I really just want to have my family see me play and I want to get back on the field. And so last year, he, you know, he had 15 doubles, 10 home runs, and 44 ribbies and played every single game for us. So um, 
we would love to keep local kids local, that's for sure. Um, after that, we'll, we'll try to go outside, uh, but still try to find guys really within the three, four-hour window. There's something about baseball in the Ozarks that people get jobs and they don't leave, you know, and they stay put. And, you know, you see it at the high school levels. Uh, we've got great high school baseball in the Ozarks. Uh, the college levels, you know, you, you learn from uh, – a great one there, and, and Mark Stratton and, and Coach Hag and, and those guys, and you've carried on the, with that to what you've been doing for the last dozen years. And But, you know, it started back in high school with Strat, but then you went over with Keith Gutton at, uh, at Missouri State and became a Bear. And, and kind of talk about what those two guys, Stratton and, and Gutton in particular, meant to you, what you're doing now. Yeah, I, I think Stratton just kind of instilled the family um, – uh, the family values that 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 you need to have if you want to run a program you know doing the right things for the right reasons and you know surrounding yourself with kids that um kids and families that are doing the right things and, and kids you want to be around you know um we spend a lot of time away from our families with with the team and with the staff and 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 if we're going to sacrifice the family time and you know the wife and kids are going to be on their own from from January until May, more often than they des- than they deserve to be, then I want to be around people I enjoy being around. So, um, Stratton kind of instilled that in our program that one, you got to be a good person; two, you got to be a good student; and three, you get, yeah, you got to be able to play. We're trying to win around here, um, and we want to be competitive, but we're going to do that with people that, that that we enjoy that do the right thing. And then, you know, playing playing for Coach Gunn, um Now that I'm in year whatever as a, as a coach, eighteen maybe seventeen, eighteen. Um, just the uh, the consistency he's had over there, uh, you know, the loyalty to the program. Um, it, it's wild that there's been two head coaches um, at SMS and Missouri State in the, in the entire program, and then how many years and big league ball players they've had. But you know that that's something I, I've come inspired or inspiring to do here is that um, you know I know every single alum. Uh, and, in our program, as does Coach Gutton, you know, that I, I have a cell phone of every single player that's ever played for us at Jury, and, and I can reach out to them, invite them to a game, see how their families are doing, um, you know, know that Dallas Williams' wife got stuck in the grass yesterday after she was working out and talking to R.J. Neese because our coaches uh, or our sons play together on an 11U team and, you know, texting with Trevor Richards before he goes out to spring training that, you know, I want to continue to build those relationships, um, and it's, it's definitely something we try to do well here at Jury. You know, and, and special shout-out, uh, you know, you mentioned Coach Stratton and family to his granddaughter, Reese. You know, I know she's going through some uh, health issues down in Houston again, and, and what a battler she is, a great example of, of that toughness and, and that mentality, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, you know, Reese came out uh, and battled THD and had that surgery. You know, that was in 2013, probably. two thousand. Yeah, it's probably 2013, and um, – you know, kind of knew this was ha- going to happen, right? I-, I think when she was born, that when she turned 10, 11, she was going to have to have this other surgery. But, you know, she's, she's as tough as nails, that's for sure. And she's got a great support system with Roy and, and Sarah and, and, and the whole clan. I think Stratton Gay were down there for a little while. I think they're back up here now. But, um, you know, uh, the, the Stratton family is uh, pretty legendary on, on how they uh, support each other in the community. And uh, we'll, we definitely have prayers out for Reese. Absolutely. Hang in there, Reese. Uh, keep fighting. Um you know, Gutton, you know, this is the swan song for the guy over there that we've both known forever and, and uh, his final season as the Bears coach. Your thoughts on his retirement and what he's meant to, to baseball in this area? Yeah, it's it, it's something that it, it's been a staple in the community where uh, you see, uh, you know, people jump from job to job. And, 
um, with a lot of the sports over there as well is that you know you need to have some stability with your coaching staff if you want to have some stability in the program and that's something that Coach Gutton has done a fantastic job with. Uh, you know that if you're being recruited over the course of the last 35 years that he's going to be your coach and this is the way it's going to be and this is how you're going to be treated and um, that doesn't happen very many places. You know to have 1,200 wins maybe? Yeah, he's somewhere right around there. Uh, 1,200 wins is, is you know at top five all time um, and so to know that um, you know, through the ups and the downs, that that, he, that he's going to be there for you and, and put together a great staff and great facilities, and um, you know, one of the most knowledgeable and, and legendary coaches of um, uh, of the sport, and, and to have them in our, in our town definitely um, boost our town in terms of being being a baseball city. You know, it seems like with the time he's been there, that this ought to be one of those like the NBA guys where every. Every venue he visits uh, this spring, they ought to be some kind of a gift or a farewell gift or, or something. That what what would you give Coach uh, Gutton? Oh, probably a coat. He's always got numerous layers of coats on, so he's uh, <laughs> he's always been very cold natured. So uh, if you see him out there, he's on the top step for sure. But he's definitely got two, three coats on. So um, you know, now that he's uh, he's going to retire, he's still going to be out there. I'm sure in the stands. So he might he might need one more layer of. Uh, of warmth for February baseball. Any good uh, gut and horror stories from your playing days? Uh, so we were playing at Price Cutter back in the day. It was when it was grass. So this would have been either freshman or sophomore year before Hammonds. Um, and we'd get Quiznos pretty much for lunch every every single time, just like our guys get Chick-fil-A or they get half a gargantuan sub from Jimmy John's and everyone gets sick of it. We would either get Arby's or we'd get Quiznos because Quiznos was in the gas station right up the street. And we were losing to someone, I don't know what it was, but it was after a doubleheader. So everyone has had their Quiznos, which was made at probably 11 o'clock, and you're eating it at 2, and they toast their subs, which are great if you eat them right away, but if you eat them three and a half hours later, they're soggy, and it's half half shredded lettuce. So everyone takes their lettuce off, and by the end of the game, you got lettuce everywhere, mustard packets everywhere. Uh, G comes down into the dugout, and it was either G or 20, one of the two, uh, to kick a trash can or move. And slipped on the mustard packets and, and shredded lettuce that was all over the ground, and it was uh, uh, it was one of those where you have to turn your head and try not to laugh because you know that he's doing that because someone on the team isn't performing well enough. But to see someone slip on some shredded lettuce uh, was uh, was a, a tad enjoyable at the time. I need to line up about ten or fifteen of you guys and with a gut and story each for the farewell. There, we may see if we can do that because I've heard the. You know the famous uh, playing football, touch football when you're not supposed to, and the there was one story about him trying to climb over the outfield fence when he got a jacket and he couldn't get over the fence and, or something. There's just there's a lot of them out there, aren't there? Yeah, we had a we had one that was not so memorable for any of us um, down in uh, down at Old Miss after we uh, we took a loss down there in the morning on the way back. So, but that's you know those are the memories that you always remember and. Um, and, and sometimes the st- and now as a coach you try to forget that's for sure well February 16th the uh, grand reopening of Matter Park Mark Orley Field at Matter Park uh, 16th to the 18th of Missouri Western uh, is that a Friday March 2nd or Saturday that uh, official ceremony it's a Saturday Saturday at 1130 is probably when we'll start the ceremony we'll, we'll put some information out here pretty soon uh, we are going to have uh, 500 snapback hats, uh, courtesy of J.J. Sobuski at, uh, at Carson's Nursery. So first 500 in the park will get a jury hat, jury logoed hat with a leather patch on the front. It's a pretty cool hat. Um, and uh, uh, 
it's a doubleheader Saturday, single Sunday against Augustana. And, uh, you know, Augustana made the World Series last year. They've won the national title before, so that'll be a It'll be a tough weekend. We're not bringing any cookies in that weekend, that's for sure. Awesome. Naz, great job on what you've done at this point. Hope you have a great spring, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate the coverage, and we'll see you out there. Time for our uh, Scott's Thoughts segment, where I ramble on about things that are either bothering me or, or I want to praise out there in the world of sports locally. Start off with the fact that I am tired of football offensive coaches feeling the need to show us they are geniuses. Let's take the Chiefs, for example. Isaiah Pacheco's getting eight, nine, ten yards a run down the field. The Chiefs get down inside the five-yard line. It's time to go score. And what do they do? They dial up a jet sweep from a tiny receiver, leads to a fumble, or they try a shovel pass to a, an eligible tackle. Cutesy stuff like that. Here's the deal. Give the ball to Pacheco. Let him run straight ahead like he does, like a, a car running through a, basically a hay bale and then I will consider you a genius because you've done the right thing there to get it done and get the job done and get the touchdown. That's not just the Chiefs. That's happened in a lot of places uh, if you watch football these days. Moving on, there's something terribly wrong down at Arkansas with the basketball team. Coach Eric Musselman's squad has no chemistry. They have no clue on what they're trying to do on offense, and there's no effort on defense or rebounding. That's a bad combination all the way around. Uh, Coach Muss uh, seems to come to the press conferences and say they're not listening, we're telling them to do this and all that. Here's the deal. You're paid $4.2 million a year to make them listen and to pick the players who will listen to you. So that's on you, Muss. Don't try to pass it off. If you've got 15 guys on the roster, play the five that want to listen to you and want to play hard. And, of course, this is not great timing for the Razorbacks to hit this little slump that they're in right now because – ESPN's uh, College Game Day comes to uh, Fayetteville on Saturday to Bud Walton Arena for a matchup with Kentucky. So he's pulled them out of this type of thing before. He may have more talent than he's had uh, since he's been down there with this group, but they got to figure it out here pretty quick. Speaking of trying to figure it out, I'm not sure why. And, and get, don't get me wrong, I like Dana Ford, a great person. I think he's been good for Springfield, but I'm not sure why Missouri State just doesn't go ahead and pull the plug on this era now. Maybe name assistant coach Jay Spoonhour as the interim. Of course, he's the son of the late great coach Charlie Spoonhour. And let Jay kind of give it a crack for the last five to six weeks of the season. See if there's a little spark they can catch there and turn this thing around. Because, one, it eliminates any suspense with Bears fans as to whether the Missouri State administration is going to pull the trigger after another disappointing year. Uh, You get that done now. You've told them, okay, this job will be open after the end of the season. Number two – well, that might put a few more butts in the seats, too, because there's a little bit of hope. But number two, it also gives Jay Spoonhour a chance to see if he can get this team rallied and maybe make himself a candidate for that job. So I could see a twofold of benefit there. Of course, as we mentioned, the Bears play Drake Wednesday night. They'll probably beat Drake at home and make this all a moot point. But if they don't, if it's another bad home showing, it may be time to go ahead and, and maybe make Spoonball 2 a thing for at least a few weeks here. Finally, our hats off to former Lebanon basketball star Reagan McCallan, who is lighting it up as a freshman at Western Illinois. She's averaging about 15 points and seven rebounds a game. She's been named the freshman of the week in their conference multiple times. In this new age of transfer portal movement and poaching a talent, it's going to be very interesting after the season's over to see who uh, is uh, lightening up her phone and and trying to figure out if she wants to come closer to home or maybe move up to another level of – of D1 basketball there. 
Also, we want to let you know that uh, one of the easiest ways you can stay connected with our podcast and all of the Around the Ozarks content is through the Around the Ozarks app. With Around the Ozarks app, you have access to the audio versions of every podcast all in one place. That includes Around the Ozarks in 5, Wake Up Weather with Abby Dyer, Rewind with Woody and Janet, this uh, podcast sports scene Around the Ozarks, and then Ned Talk with Ned Reynolds, among many more. And if you like the video version around the Ozarks in 5 or Wake Up Weather, they're accessible on the app there, too. Just click on our big logo on the scroll at the very top of the app. We know that on Facebook or social media, it may be hard sometimes to find the latest episode, so the app makes it easy to find and listen to or watch us anytime, anywhere. Just go to your phone's app store, search for Around the Ozarks, and download the app. That's going to do it for this week's pod. A big thank you again to our new sponsor, Fast Break Sports, home of the area's largest collection of cards and supplies. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.